Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. What are you living for? What are you seeking to accomplish from the point A to point B? I don't know. I just kind of like, you know, just kind of hanging out. No, we don't have time to just hang out. Like we're, we've been commissioned by God to go and make disciples. How are you actively pursuing that in your life? And if, you, if you're going to do that, if you're going to seek to be obedient to Jesus in that great commission from Matthew chapter 28, you're going to encounter resistance. Do you feel lost in this world? Are you searching for a purpose? In today's message, Pastor James talks about how as followers of Christ, it's our duty to spread the good news to others. We were called to be the light of this world and share the love of Jesus with those around us. The world's hurting, and people are searching for answers to the problems they face. The gospel is the answer, and it's up to us to share it with them. Don't keep that life-changing news to yourself. Now here's Pastor James in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. cruising through first Peter and yeah this has been one of those books where it's it's about suffering and you know you don't want me teaching on that I don't want to teach on it I certainly don't want to live it but hey guess what that's how it goes the word suffering is mentioned 21 times in the book of first Peter there's only five chapters it's a small book but there are 21 references to suffering all throughout this book and just so you know We're going to learn a little bit more about it today. So you're like, yes, this is why I invited all my friends, um, so they could learn about how we're going to suffer as Christians. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you can come back next week. I don't think there's any suffering in the text next week, so just keep coming back. It's fine. But let me pray, and we're going to get right into this this small little portion. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the, the covenant that we have with you and the access that we have through you, Lord. And we pray that you would just speak to our heart as we open up your word and Lord, I don't know where each individual is at in their lives or walks with you or, or whatever even that looks like. But Lord, I know that you want to speak to our hearts today. And so we just give you our minds, we give you our hearts, our focus, our attention. Lord, you can have it all. So Lord, we just uh, we thank you and uh, we just pray that you would just speak to us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's, let's read through this portion of Scripture. This is the last one from chapter 4, starting in verse 12. I'm going to read from New Living Translation. It says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. All right, so there you go. We won't even read through the rest of the text just yet, but let's, let's camp out here for a second. Here, as a reminder for each and every one of us, Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples, who turned into an apostle, one who was sent, right? And he, he was sent and, and used tremendously in the book of Acts. This is towards the end of his life, so to speak. And he's writing this letter. It's the Holy Spirit using him to write down what he once said, not Peter, but, the, but God, what he once said to these churches, plural, in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, okay? So there were, there were believers scattered in that region, 
And, and with that being Roman-occupied territory, these Christians were going through tremendous times. You had a, a madman, okay, at, at this moment in time, ruling Rome. He, he was just, he was absolutely insane. Nero was his name, and he was, he was nuts. Um, some thoughts that he possibly was like demon-possessed. Dude was nuts. He would dip Christians in tar and then position them and, and light them on fire as he's driving his chariot around naked, or naked, Texas, naked, right? Um, cruising around like he was insane. He was a madman. He was doing this to Christians. He set Rome on fire, blamed the Christians, hence the, the reference there for fiery trials. Um, they were suffering because of this guy's insanity, right? And because they were Christ followers, they were losing everything that they had, everything, losing their jobs, you know, whether they liked it or not. I mean, there was, no, there was nobody to go to bat for them, so to speak, if the government wanted to shut down their businesses, the government got to shut down their businesses. You can't hire a lawyer. Nobody's going to fight for you if you're a Christian against going against Rome. Uh, if they wanted to, to arrest you, they could do that. If they wanted to kill you, they could do that. So this is, this is the audience that Peter is writing this letter to. And he's saying, dear friends, brothers and sisters, don't be, don't be surprised. Don't be alarmed at the fiery trials that you're going through. And in one sense, it's like, we should expect these things. And I know, because I, we've gone through this book, I, I understand suffering is not a great selling point for Christianity. I get it. I understand that. But it is a part of Christianity. So why why? Sweep it under the rug. Why avoid talking about it? It's, it's a part of it. Because guess what? Show of hands. Who, who has had like just a really difficult week this week? Show of hands. Okay, look around. For your others, I, I can read you from Exodus chapter 20 about you know, telling the truth. Um, <laughs> but maybe you're having a great week. And if you are, so, but you saw hands that were raised of like people are like going through difficult things. Just so you understand, in this room, and I keep saying this because I think the Spirit keeps telling me to say this, there are people that are in this room that are suffering tremendously. And, and it is our responsibility as a church to take care of each other, to take care of each other. And that's what Peter's doing. He's writing this letter inspired through the whole, by the Holy Spirit as an encouragement to people that are going through difficult times. And he's saying, don't be alarmed don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. So, so just to, to kind of clarify on that, these brothers and sisters were going through these difficult times, and you could understand as they're suffering and losing everything, in their hearts and their minds, they could think, what have I done wrong? Right? Sometimes we can associate suffering or trials and all that stuff is if God's punishing us for doing something wrong. But that's not the case here. They're suffering because they're doing everything right. Because they're doing everything right. You will suffer for doing things wrong. That's called cause and effect, right? That, that's a reality for every single one of us, saved or not saved. We all live within that reality. But for the Christian, 
who's living in this time, who's given everything, like I'm, I'm devoting myself to you, to God, and I'm going to serve you and all that stuff. And my life is falling apart. What have I missed? What am I doing wrong? I mean, is it a sin? Have I sinned against you, God? Is this punishment? You can understand how that, that inner dialogue will start happening within their heads. And, and it seeks to settle within their hearts. It always wants to go from your head to your heart. And it wants to take root within your heart. And, and what you and I need to realize is sometimes you will suffer for doing everything right. For doing everything right. And you shouldn't be surprised. If you live in a godless society and you are living for God, you should expect to suffer to a certain extent. Now, your suffering, our suffering, may not look like their suffering or even the suffering of our brothers and sisters across this beautiful planet. Because what these guys were going through back then, about 2,000 years ago, roughly, is what some of our brothers and sisters just across the Atlantic Ocean are going through each and every day, or even across the Pacific. But you and I suffer as well for, for being Christ followers. So you shouldn't be surprised at that. Here's, what I, here's a little note I wrote down. If you're going to be surprised at anything, be surprised that you're not being attacked. Because that's a good wake-up call. Because you might be a Christ follower, and I, look, I'm not saying, if you had a good week, you had a good week. Praise God for that, okay? So I, what I'm about to say may not apply to you, so don't take it that way. But there are a lot of Christians who are not a threat to the enemy. There are a lot of believers that are not a threat to the enemy at all. He is not concerned with you at all. At all. You're not on his radar. You're like, well, I don't want to be on his radar. Well, you do. You do. I'm not looking for fights with the enemy. But if you serve God and you're sold out, committed to him, the warfare is coming. The attacks are coming. If you want to hide away and be a secret Christian or an undercover Christian as if that's a real thing, then, then this is a reality you need to wake up to. If you're like, man, my life's been good. Like, I don't have any spiritual warfare at all. I, I might need, we might need to have a conversation of like, well, are you reading your Bible? Because for me, it starts when I open up my Bible. I like, I open this thing and immediately like, and, and, and not everything is the devil. Can I say that? Please don't blame him for everything. Sometimes it's us, right? Okay, so don't, don't give him credit for everything, all right? Oh, the devil, the devil made me do it. No, he probably did it. That was probably you. I can't focus. It's the devil. Well, that, that might be you. Um, I don't know. So yes, there's, there's reality to that, but he, he, he doesn't need the blame for everything, okay? But you, you commit yourself to reading the word. You commit yourself to praying. And, and I would even say, you know, not just in your communing with God, but you're interceding on behalf of other people, the attacks are going to come because that's a threat to the kingdom of darkness, which if you're a Christ follower, you have been taken from the kingdom of darkness and made a citizen of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of light. You're an enemy to, the, to Satan. Be surprised at the lack of fiery trials. Right? So if you're thinking like, oh man, I don't know if I really am suffering and all this stuff. Maybe I'm doing something wrong there. It's just simply, you know what, Lord? It may, maybe I'm not all in. Am, am I all in? 
am I, am I hiding out? You know, or Lord, check my heart. That's constant prayer that, that I have. I find myself praying all the time. Lord, examine me, examine me. See if there's anything in me, any way in me that is contrary to what you want and reveal that to me so I can, so I can own that. So I can deal with that, repent of that. So don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through. Is this something strange we're happening to you? If you are suffering for the sake of Jesus, it is not a strange thing. You should expect it. And in fact, James chapter 1, verse 2 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles or trials of any kind come your way, what? Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Well, that's weird. Like, I don't know. I don't, that's not naturally where I go. And the point of that is, yeah, because it's a supernatural thing. I'm not naturally going to celebrate difficult times in my life. Like, oh, praise God. Yeah. Oh, praise God for that. My life's falling apart. But hey, I praise God for that. Like, that's not a natural thing. Okay. It is a supernatural thing to be like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. We'll get through this. The rest of James 1 says this, for you know, so you know, you have a, a brain, which we get to engage in this thing called Christianity. So if anybody tells you Christianity is a crutch or it's a mindless kind of a deal, that's not true. That's not true. God's given you a beautiful thing called a brain and he wants you and I to use it as best as we can. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I love this next little part. So let it grow. So let it. I don't like the suffering. I don't like the trials. I don't like the testing and all that stuff. What do you want to get stronger? What's your goal? What's your ambition in Christianity? Has anybody ever asked you that? Well, I'm just, I'm just, just trying to get to heaven. Well, if you've given your life to Jesus and received him as your Lord and Savior, your ticket's been punched. You're going to heaven. That's a done deal. What's your ambition? What's your goal? What are you living for? What are you seeking to accomplish from the point A to point B? I don't know. I just kind of like, you know, just kind of hanging out. No, we don't have time to just hang out. Like we're, we've been commissioned by God to go and make disciples. How are you actively pursuing that in your life? And if, you, if you're going to do that, if you're going to seek to be obedient to Jesus in that great commission from Matthew chapter 28, you're going to encounter resistance because it's necessary for you. It's necessary for me. You want to get stronger, right? Please tell me if you're a Christ follower, your goal is to get stronger in your relationship with Jesus. And if that's true, you got to go to the gym. You got to put in work. Not works to get you saved. No, works to make you stronger. Stronger. He says, give it a chance. Let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you, you will be perfect and not perfect like we think and sinless or anything like that. But it speaks of a, a, complete, a completeness, a, a wholeness, a maturity is the goal. Complete, needing nothing. So that's James basically echoing the same exact thing we see in, in 1 Peter chapter 4. Don't be surprised at the difficulties because you're following Jesus. They're going to come. And if you're new to this thing called Christianity, let me tell you the truth. Difficulties are going to come. They just are. But you're going to be okay. Right? So you're like, 
please give us the good news, right? Because like, yeah, we get it, suffering, I know. But there's so much teaching in our world today that says that is so counter to this thing. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep bringing it up, but it just, it's more and more prevalent in our day. It seems like it would diminish, but it's, those voices are growing louder of like, give your life to Jesus and, you know, every day is a celebration and a party and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know that Jesus. I'm unfamiliar with that Christianity because I gave my life to Jesus more than 20 years ago. Man, I engaged in war from day one. The celebration and all that, that, that's coming. That's on that side of heaven. Until we get there, this is a battle. And what you, what you signed up for, which if you gave your life to Jesus, you made the, the smartest decision you'll ever make in your life. I know it comes with suffering, but it is the, the wisest thing you've ever done. You and I can make it through this life. We will make it. We will make it. And at the end of it, you, you can look back and be like, man, like, I'm kind of jacked now, right? Like, man, I don't know, Lord, I didn't know you were, like, working me out so much. Like, you see the before and after of all these, like, infomercials and stuff? Like, how you were when you first got saved compared to how you are now? You should be looking a little bit more toned, right? You should be like, man, a little tanner. Uh, I don't know how that always works in those before and after pictures, but um, greased up and everything. Like, man, I'm, yeah. You should be able to look back at your life and say, like, yeah, you know what? I have gotten stronger. And not to brag, because you still got a long ways to go, as I do, okay? But don't be surprised. Uh, verse 13, uh, Peter says, instead. So here's, here's the flip side. Be very glad. Okay, no, we don't. That doesn't make sense. So we don't like that. Um, no, like, it, be very glad. Be, be overwhelmed with joy. Why? Why in the world should I be overwhelmed with joy if I'm experiencing suffering? That does not make any sense. It does if you dig a little deeper. Okay? He says, for these trials, they make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. He said, no, if I can just, if, if I can just ask you to take a step back and get a bigger picture. You're, you're, you're caught up in, you know, all, all you can see is like this much in front of you. And God sees the whole picture. And what Peter is, is trying to do for these believers and what he's trying to do for you and me today is saying, can we just take a step back? Just take a step back. Let's take a step back away from those circumstances, whatever they may be for you today. Let's look at the big picture. You're, if you're suffering because you're a Christ follower then that means that the world is identifying you with him. And there is no greater compliment. There is no greater compliment. And that's what Peter's saying. He's like, you're suffering because they, they say you look too much like Jesus because you act too much like Jesus. And they hate that. That's a compliment. It, that's, that, that's the goal, right? That we would, throughout this journey of sanctification, which is a, a process that he has us on, that we would look more and more like him every single day. Well, you can't have that without a little bit of suffering because the world's not going to be your best friend. The more you look like Jesus, the more the world will be against you. And that's just how it is. It doesn't mean we don't 
that we like stop loving the world. No, God so loved the world that he sent his, own, his one and only son, his only begotten son, to die for the world. And he has us here, and he says, look, the world will know you guys by your love for each other. And as we're doing more of that, then we begin to look more and more like him, and that's going to that's gonna be something that attracts some people, and it's going to be some, uh, something that offends others. We're not, we're not living on this planet to, to make friends with every single person or try to be like, I don't want to offend anybody. Guess what? As a Christian, you're going to offend them. You just are. You just are. Well, and I know we live in, in a world where, like, you can't offend anybody, which is really ridiculous. Like, if you disagree with me, well, then I'm offended by that. Well, why? Why? You, you don't have your own two feet to stand on? Like, you got, you got your opinions, you can have your opinions. I got my opinions, I have my opinions. We may not see eye to eye, but you don't have to be offended by that. We could still be friends. Like, when did, when did we make this shift where, like, you disagree with me, you're now my enemy? That's a dangerous place to be, and that's a hard place for Christians to live because the gospel is an offense. It's an offense. And we're not out there. Then he's going to clarify some stuff of like wrong ways to suffer and the right way to suffer. But please know this, as a Christian and representing Christ, please do that in a respectful manner. I say this all the time. The world doesn't need more Christian jerks out there. Okay? And that made me that offended you. That's okay. We can still be friends. It's fine. We'll be okay. But we, we've had that. We've, we've had a long history of that. Instead of being like, like Christ and how he would pursue the lost, we, we, just go, we just go in guns blazing, you know. It's like, no, 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 no. We still need to treat people with dignity and respect. These are souls we're talking about. These are souls. So he's laying this out for these, these guys who, are tr- who really are suffering. But this partnering with Christ, there's four results of this that we find in, in uh, specifically the New Testament. There's the, uh, back in 1 Peter chapter 1, ver- uh, verse 6, there's this uh, overwhelming joy. You partner with Christ, you're identified with Christ. What comes with that is an abundance of joy. The other thing that comes along with that is a fellowship with Jesus, like this koinonia is the Greek term. And it's a beautiful, like intimate kind of gathering thing. For me in Bible college, it will always be signified by fresh baked cookies. You're like, what? Yeah, no, uh, Bible college. Starving Bible college students. Thursday nights we had, I don't know what it was, some sort of chapel thing. But afterwards they called it koinonia, like fellowship time. Well, the kitchen staff always dished out fresh baked cookies. And for college students, you're like, oh, finally we get to eat, right? You're like, oh, man, Southern California, too, is, you know, everybody's trying to survive out there. But that, in my brain, koinonia is always like cookie time. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, and you can, you can see, you know, see that, smell the fresh-baked cookies, sit down with Jesus, break some cookie bread together, and just have a great time. Like, that's part of this fellowship you have with him, the fellowship in his suffering is uh, Philippians 3, verse 10. The third thing is to be glorified with him. If you're identified with him, if you suffer as a result of your connection to him, just know Romans 8, 17 says that you will share in, the, in being glorified with him. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red 
You've been listening to Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James is going through the New Testament letter written by the Apostle Peter. 1 Peter is a book full of empowering statements made from someone who knew firsthand what it was like to believe in Jesus and to face enemies of all kinds. Much of Peter's message is reminding us that although we might face fiery trials, in the end, God will lift us up for being faithful to him. Once again, Peter knew what it was like to suffer. He himself had once denied that he even knew Jesus. Surely there was a turmoil within him during those hours of denial. But he went on to be a spiritual pillar as the Christian church was birthed. We trust that as you're listening to these messages from 1 Peter, that you're being strengthened in your own walk and faith with the Lord. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. We're a group of people of all ages, coming together to magnify Jesus and find hope and new life in Him. We'd love to have you come join us for a Sunday morning service, or we have a Thursday evening service too. You can find out more on our website, breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, if the Spirit leads you, there's a link to where you can support this ministry in a financial way. We're grateful for any support as we strive to spread the light of the gospel in a dark world. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, but we'll be back again next time in the book of 1 Peter. Pastor James is looking forward to sharing more with you here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.